0: This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. Today, we're going to talk about time. I so appreciate your time, and I thank you for sharing it with me. Because really, time is all we got, and you want to spend it wisely, right? So what would you do if you had more time? Would you take a bubble bath, walk in the woods? Would you learn to crochet, spend time by the water? If you're the type of person who always feels rushed... If you feel like there's not enough time, if too often things get hectic and out of control for you, you might want to pick up the book Tranquility by Tuesday, Nine Ways to Calm the Chaos and Make Time for What Matters. We're going to talk to the author Laura Vanderkam, and our hope is that you spend some time thinking about what really matters to you and why you're not making time for it. And Laura Vanderkam, what is your wish today?
1: Well, I just want people to spend the limited time we have on things that matter to them, right? We all only have 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week. Time keeps passing no matter what we do. So why not make sure that we're spending more time on what matters and less on what doesn't? So you did some research, a diary study. Tell us about that. For Tranquility? by Tuesday, I had 150 people try out my nine favorite time management rules over nine weeks. So, each week, they would learn a rule. They would answer questions about how they plan to use it in their lives. I would check back a week later on how it went. I could measure them on various dimensions over the course of the study, and I'm happy to report that when people did follow these nine time management rules over nine weeks, their time satisfaction levels rose significantly. They really did feel better Better about life when they were more mindful about their time.
0: And is that what happens when we use our time well? We feel better about life? Is that the end game that we're looking for? I really think
1: it is, right? Because, you know, life doesn't need to be this never-ending to-do list. I mean, I'm sure, you know, people listening to this, they get what they need to get done. You know, they meet their deadlines at work, they get their families where they need to go, but often life can feel like something of a slog. I think we really need to have things that we are looking forward to. I think we need to have adventures in our lives. We have to have time just for us. We need to have hobbies and friends we find energizing. It's, it's not just about making it through the to-do list. It's about actually enjoying whatever time we have here and so that's what these rules are generally aimed at doing.
0: You want to give me a couple?
1: Well, sure. I mean, the first one, and there's a reason this was the first one, is to give yourself a bedtime. The reason this is the first rule is I think so many people are walking around, maybe they're getting enough sleep over the course of the week, but they're sleep-deprived at the beginning of the week and then they're crashing on weekends to make it up. It feels so much better to get the amount of sleep you need every single night. And since most adults can't really move what time they wake up in the morning for work or family responsibilities, the variable that can move is the time we go to bed the night before. So, you know, figure out what time you need to wake up, figure out how much sleep you need, count back that amount. This is just a math problem, not a question of what kind of person you are or anything like that. But, you know, that is your bedtime. And then, set an alarm for 30 minutes before you need to be in bed so you can wind down. And when you do this, when the people in my study did this consistently, their energy levels rose significantly. A much higher proportion of people said they were getting enough sleep. They were able to handle their responsibilities. And when you feel more rested, Everything is easier. You know, even when tough stuff happens, we are better able to deal with it.
0: It's my favorite rule, Laura Vanderkam, of Tranquility by Tuesday. I'm a sleep junkie. I'm going to tell you, last Sunday night I went to bed at 5.30. (laughs)
1: <laughs> if you need to do it, that's what you got to do, right? And it's so you got to get what sleep you need. And sometimes your body is telling you that.
0: So I don't care. I'm going to bed. It's still light out. But, but, but you feel so much better the next day. Like you can do anything. You get your exercise in. You get all that good stuff in when you get enough sleep. It's so, 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 so crucial.
1: Um, okay, give me a couple more. So another rule that, you know, it it sounds simple, but it is really life-changing when you do it, is to move by 3 p.m. So get 10 minutes of physical activity in the first half of every single day. You know, sometimes people have regular exercise routines, and that's great, but most people don't do something every day. But if we want to boost our mood and energy levels, going for just A short walk, it is one of the most reliable mood and energy boosters out there. People in mid-afternoon start reaching for coffee or candy bars or cigarettes in order to wake themselves up. It's like, well, there's another solution. And it doesn't have any downsides. I promise if you go for a quick walk, you will feel better afterwards. When people did this in my study, you know, did this consistently, their their energy levels rose significantly. And people would tell me, you know, I thought everything would fall apart if I left my desk for 10 minutes. But guess what? It didn't. And I was able to focus for the next two hours after I got back. I got so much more done. And I felt happier about it, too. So, you know, it's a very simple rule, just like giving yourself a bedtime. But when people actually do it, their lives change. Absolutely.
0: It seems like it's minor and insignificant. And that's the thing with the little things that are so easy to do. They're also easy not to do. You say, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that 10-minute movement thing tomorrow. But if you do it every day, I find my body craves it. Now it's like, yeah, bring on the exercise. You know, like it's just such an endorphin uh, lifter. Okay, give me another.
1: Well, one of my favorites, I mean, I'm not really allowed to have a favorite rule, but I guess this is probably the rule the other rules would be jealous of, is to have one big adventure and one little adventure each week. And the rationale here is that much of adult life can feel the same every day. You know, we get up, we get everyone ready, we work, we collect everyone, we go through dinner and, you know, kids to bed and watch TV and then you do it all again the next day. And there's nothing wrong with routines because they make good choices automatic. But when too much sameness stacks up, it can feel just like whole years are disappearing into these memory sinkholes because we're not remembering anything. There's nothing worth remembering. And this rule is designed to change that. So each week, do two things that are out of the ordinary. A big adventure is just three to four hours, think half a weekend day. A little adventure can be less than an hour doable on a lunch break, doable on a weekday evening as long as it is something memorable. And By doing this, you know, you you change the experience of time. Um, You start having things in your life that you are looking forward to. Two adventures a week isn't going to exhaust or bankrupt anyone, but it will, you know, allow you to make memories. It's not just, oh, yeah, that was another week. Where did the week go, right? It's like, no, that was the week we went mini-golfing, or that's the weekend we tried out that new gelato place, or, you know, that's the weekend we went for that hike in that beautiful state park. It's just something that makes a memory, And when we have more memories, we aren't asking. Where did the time go? Because we remember where the time went. Wow, wow, that's very profound. I can't
0: remember the last time I had an adventure, big or small. I get pretty excited because Thursday night is pizza night, but I guess that doesn't fall into the adventure category.
1: I need more. Well, adventure. anything can be an adventure. I mean, you can tweak your routines a little bit. I mean, you know, maybe it's that you have pizza on Tuesday some week, or you know, yeah. you, you could try from a different place, or you have other people over to enjoy the Pizza with you, right? Like any of those things would be just a little bit different. Or maybe you don't want to tweak your routines you truly do like. But, you know, it could be something as simple as going for a walk in a different place um, or getting together with someone you haven't gotten together with before. Those would all be adventures.
0: All right, good, good. I guess I'm just not very adventurous at heart, but I do admire people who are. What I think you're helping with is crazy epidemic in our culture right now, and it's the do-do-do culture, and people feel good about checking things off their to-do list, but they're not really living well,
1: right? We can become a little bit obsessed with checking things off the list, and I get it. I have been known to put things on my list after doing them just so I can check them (laughs) off, right? I love that little endorphin rush from seeing it crossed off on the list. You know, and and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just you also want to make sure that you are building in things that you are looking forward to. So put things on your list that you're excited about. Put your adventures on your to-do list. How about that? Then you can cross them off and feel like... You know, you accomplish something. Uh, You know, you also want to make sure you've got the right things on the list. I think oftentimes people make themselves long lists of little things that don't really matter. But, again, it feels good to cross it off. So I'm always suggesting people batch those little things, like create one small window where you can get through all those things, but leave other time open for deeper work, for relaxation, for things that come up um, instead of trying to cram stuff into every single minute.
0: You have written an awful lot of books about time management and productivity. How much downtime do you have in your average day?
1: Well, I make sure that I don't schedule every minute because partly I have five children and so stuff comes up all the time um this week for instance we've already made one visit to urgent care when somebody fell off something on a playground you know there was a late night trip to staples when a very important calculator was lost i mean this is just what life is like you know we have to expect to be unexpected so each week i set my priorities i figure out roughly when they can happen I make sure to leave lots of open space because I know things will come up and I want to deal with it, but not just bad stuff. Sometimes good stuff comes up, too. You know, maybe I get an opportunity to meet with somebody that, you know, I didn't know about before. I want to be able to take it. Um, And by having open space in my life, then I can do that.
0: I thought we could be friends, but uh, I don't think we can now. You have five children and you've written more than five books. I don't know how you're doing this. You really are amazing.
1: you just keep moving forward a little bit at a time and you know a a book is written a few paragraphs at a time and you know the kids are are there and probably we don't do things perfectly but they're pretty fun to hang out with. And so, you know, you just keep going forward one day at a time. Beautiful.
0: Uh, For people who haven't met you before, I'm going to read off your book titles. Can you tell us just briefly what they're about? I could do that. The
1: New Corner Office. This is about how to work from home. So I wrote that in the middle of the pandemic, giving people a little bit of ideas on how they could transition to remote work. Juliet's School of Possibilities. This is a fable. So it's a short novel about uh, someone whose life is a mess. Uh, but she learns a couple ways to prioritize and make space for things that matter and sees a lot of wonderful things happen as a result. Beautiful. Off the clock? Uh, this is about how we can feel less busy and yet still get more done. It's all about time perception um, and how people who feel like time is abundant build their lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know how she does it. Uh, this is study I did of a thousand and one days in the lives of women who had professional jobs and who also had kids at home. So, you know, people like me, um, how they do it, right? Like, let's look at a whole week in their lives and see what it truly looks like. And I found that there's a lot of good news. You know, things don't look as crazy as you'd often imagine through the uh, cultural narrative of working parenthood.
0: Excellent. What the most successful people do before breakfast...
1: This is about using your mornings uh, to make progress on your long-term goals. I mean, for many people who have careers and families, it can be hard to find space for things that are personally important to you, but morning tends to be a great time for those things. It's time you can have to yourself before everybody else wants a piece of you. Um, And and so I find that using your mornings to make progress on your goals increases the chances that they happen. And finally, 168 hours. So this is the number of hours in a week. There are 168 hours a week. People say 24-7, but never multiply it through. But, you know, when we look at life in terms of a week, we see just how much space we have, and we start to see that there is time for pretty much anything that matters to us. Beautiful.
0: I hope you have, uh, you know, help around the house, like a cleaning person or something like that.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) I think it's uh, one of the best uses
0: of money ever. Right, because we need you to write more books and keep us informed. Laura Vanderkam, I Enjoyed this very much. Where can we go for more?
1: Uh, you can come visit my website, which is lauravandercam.com, just my name, and you can find out about all my books, my podcasts, everything else there. I'd love to have some listeners come join me. Laura Vanderkam,
0: she's written a lot of books about time management. Tranquility by Tuesday is her latest nine ways to calm the chaos and make time for what matters. And also in her book, I Love Her Three Times a Week Habit Two, it really takes a lot of pressure off. I might have mentioned that I start. Started in October, running, jogging, exercising uh, frequently. I was doing a 50 miles for the month of October challenge for the Red Cross. I think I came pretty darn close to 50 miles, but it was a lot to squeeze in to my day. So now my goal is 25 miles a month for me, 25 to 30 miles a month, and I can work that in three times a week, couple of miles at a time. Some days I just do one mile. Take the pressure off. I'll make it up later. Saying you're going to do something three days a week makes you look at time more reasonably, I guess. You don't put the pressure off. You're a little bit more compassionate with yourself. And if it helps you, you might want to make a time diary. At the end of the day, write down in your phone how much time you spent doing things. You know, I've said this before. People often approach me with the line, you're so busy, but, and not to throw myself in some sort of a lofty group, but you don't have to be busy to be effective and efficient. And I am rarely busy, although I do a lot of things. I remember going back, oh gosh, it's probably five, six years ago now. You know, we all know our limits. We know our limits, we push through them. I'm going back about six years ago when my husband called and I was leaving work around noontime and he says, hey, can you bring me a coffee? It was a nice, beautiful day. He's like, can you bring me an iced coffee from Dunkin'? And I just knew I had done enough that day. You know, get up early in the morning, do the radio show, do some interviews, um, probably did some errands, you know, went to the bank or whatever. And I knew my energy and my focus was being pushed to go out of my way, to go to the Dunkin', drive to his job site, and give him a coffee. But I thought, be a nice person casey do this and i did it (laughs) a little bit begrudgingly i went to the duncan i got him his iced coffee i drove out to his job site i gave him the coffee i can feel my energy is sinking to get off the job site i put the car in reverse may i mention a brand new lease a brand new lease backed up right into a boulder crushed one of the side panels of the car I knew my focus was off. I knew I was pushing myself. And that day, a new rule was born in Casey Land. When I do my job, come to work, do the radio show, do the interviews afterwards, do whatever has to be done at the office. When I leave work, I can do one thing. Maybe it's, you know, stopping at the store. Maybe it's going to the post office. Maybe it's going to the bank. Maybe it's going out to lunch with friends. I cannot, and more importantly now, will not do more than one thing. I've arranged my life like whatever it is, it can wait until tomorrow. And that day if I only had the courage to say, honey, I don't have it in me, I don't have any gas in the tank, my focus is off, my energy's low, it would be nice to bring you a coffee, but gosh, you're closer to the Duncan than I am. If I had said any of those things, I wouldn't have driven around for the next two years with a banged up side panel on my car. (laughs) We never got it fixed because, I don't know, I guess there just was never time to get it fixed. It would be so inconvenient for me to be out without my car for a few days. So we settled it all up when I traded that lease in. So know your limits. Make yourself some boundaries. And make yourself a list of what you would do if you had more time. So, of course, I did this for myself. If I had more free time, or if I had more energy to spend over my free time, I would probably spend more time in the woods. I know. That's it. That's all I got. I tend to do all the things I love to do. I tend to go to sleep earlier than anybody else I know. I tend to spend more time outside in nature than anybody I know. My chickens help me with that. And the dogs, too. And because by design of my life, I work early mornings, I spend more time in peace and tranquility than anybody I know because most days, three or four days a week, I am home alone with the animals and creatures from, say, noon till five. That's a lot of quiet time. And now that I've added in exercise to my day or my week three times a week, I have the energy to do more things, and the energy to enjoy my relaxation more. Collapsing on the couch completely exhausted is not the same as resting. And resting is as important as nutrition, and resting is as important as exercise when it comes to nurturing your nervous system so the message is make time for what matters to you you need a resilient schedule you need a workable schedule you don't need a perfect schedule but you do need time to do the things that make your heart sing and you need time for rest and quiet And I wanna say too, if you're the kind of person that loves a long to-do list, you love to get in the car and go from one place to the next, to the next, to the next, and check off all the boxes, and that makes you feel accomplished, and it lights you up, and you can get it all done in one day, that's great. If you're built for that, fabulous. In Reiki, we would say, be true to your own way of being. The message today is crafting your time so life is less hectic, more meaningful. Make time to do the things that make your heart sing. We're going to do that in February, February 17, 18, and 19. We're going to be at Mariendale Retreat Center in Ossining for the Let It Shine Women's Winter Retreat. Oh, we're planning. The retreat is all about what do you need, what do you want, And how can we build support around that? Carrie Weisenecker, a nutritionist, is going to join us. We're going to talk about not only eating for health and vitality, but eating to enhance the energy of your chakras. Mm Mm-hmm. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're also planning a silent walk out along the banks of the Hudson River. Well, actually... We're high above the banks of the Hudson River, looking down on the Hudson River at this beautiful spot in Ossining. We're going to have a beautiful nature walk, and along the nature walk, you're going to have the opportunity to pick up different spiritual nuggets that will be waiting for you along the trail. And maybe you'll want to leave some written inspiration along the trail for someone else to pick up. If you want to participate in that Part of the retreat, you're going to need some boots and gloves and hats and scarves. And for sure, we're going to have some eagles flying overhead. We always do February on the Hudson. And if you don't want to come outside, that's okay. Stay snuggly inside. Prana Moon Yoga will be offering a couple of yoga classes. I'll prop you up for a little restorative Reiki. We have a music therapist coming, sound healing. And we'll also build in some time so you can just relax, wander off by yourself and get a massage. Please join the Facebook group, A Circle of Women, on Facebook, and visit caseysplace.com for more information. I have a special request today. When you have a little extra time, soon, could you do me this favor? Could you slow down enough to reach out to someone who might be in need? Someone who might be experiencing some darkness or loneliness? Someone who might be experiencing some need? Maybe give a call. And if you have it in you, offer to bring them a cup of coffee or offer to meet for a cup of coffee. But just think if there's someone who maybe left you a cryptic message or seemed off the last time you saw them or seemed out of sorts, or if you know they get anxious around the holidays or in this political season, just give it a think and pick up the phone. And when you can, just give somebody a little piece of your time. I'll share some more about the meaning behind this in time. Not able to just yet, but recently, someone gave me a signal, and in that moment, I was very preoccupied with the task at hand, and I didn't grasp the message. In that moment, I was so immersed in what I was doing, I found myself batting away distractions like flies to stay so focused on my task, and I missed an important signal. So now pathetically late. I have a new rule for time management, and that is never to be so focused that I push everything else aside. And I am quite sure I'll spend the rest of my life wishing I had had the presence of mind and had taken the time. And our thought for the day is from Lao Tzu, the Chinese philosopher who said, Time is a created thing. To say, I don't have time, is like saying, I don't want to shine on you've been listening to shine on the health and happiness show with new episodes every week it's your time to shine on